Welcome to the OA Promises Workshop. My name is Maya. I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Hi, Maya. Hi, everybody. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic devices be turned off now. We remind you that this session is being taped, and all speakers must sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this session is as follows. Um, we will have, I'm thinking, just maybe two speakers now, unless someone else shows up. Um, uh, who will share for 20 minutes each, followed by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is the OA Promises, the pot of gold. And... The following is a reading from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous from page 90. The new attitudes of honesty and surrender to a power greater than ourselves have become a part of us by now. They are the basis of every choice we make in our day-to-day lives. Reviewing our recent behavior, keeping our higher power in charge of our lives, asking for guidance, and promptly admitting our errors— becomes a sane and satisfying way of life, far better than nursing our fears or building a fresh set of resentments to harbor. Forced to adopt this new way of coping with life in order to recover from compulsive eating, we now find ourselves grateful for this program in its own right. Practicing the program has given us many gifts, gifts which we wouldn't trade for the quick and easy solutions of our compulsive eating many of us once sought in in every new diet. More gifts are in store for us as we continue working the program and experiencing the miracle of permanent recovery one day at a time. Our first speaker is Daryl from Santa Clara. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for coming, and uh, most of all, thank you for having me here. I am blessed, and uh, today I am practicing recovery, and I suffer from a deadly, morbid disease of self-absorption and compulsion and uh, that I call Daryl, and that's my problem. My mother so affectionately named my problem Daryl, I guess for a very specific reason, But I will own up to it, and I can tell you that uh, I don't mean to be flip at all about that. However, I can tell you that when I put my disease uh, before who I am, I find solution. And when I put me in front of my disease, I stay in my disease. And so I'm so very grateful to these rooms of recovery that I was uh, led to by a series of circumstances that 
a very self-absorbed, um, arrogant man would otherwise have completely avoided probably for the rest of his life. I came into the rooms at 57 years old. I was 335 pounds. I was 355 at my top weight. I had a release of 140 pounds, and I did it in 10 months. And I did it through the guidance of my sponsor and through the promises in the big book. And I can tell you that uh, there's nothing short of a miracle uh, in the physical recovery that I've uh, personally um, been blessed with. But I can tell you that it was the three pounds between my ears that I struggled with the most. And that is what I'd like to discuss with you because that in and of itself lies our promises in page 83 and page 84 of the big book where it says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development and we are willing to do whatever it takes, we will find recovery. Of course, I paraphrase that, but I can tell you that... um, Uh, when it goes on to say that we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, and no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll find a way that our experience can benefit others. And that right there, to me, epitomizes what this program is all about. Because when I came into the rooms, I was paralyzed. I was absolutely stuck. I was, can I use the word pissed off? Oh, okay, so I did. I was, I, I didn't, I didn't like... Uh, I was given a great life. I had given uh, with, with more blessings probably than I deserved. But I can tell you that I was stuck, and I was stuck inside of, of, of a self-absorbed man. And so my way of trying to fix me was through food. And my way through trying to fix me was through alcohol. And my way to fix me was through smoking marijuana. And, my, and, and, and all of that seemed to work for me for a very long time until it all turned on me. So when I came into the room, I was given a very special gift. A gift that desperation could only be healed by the loving care of a power greater than myself. Because I grew up in a religious family or faith-based family that uh, uh, raised uh, her, she raised her boys in a very loving way and very forgiving way. And we went to church, and I sang in the choir, and I loved God, but it didn't get me clean and sober. God could not get me clean and sober. God could not keep me at a, at the weight that I was at, in high school because I was too self-absorbed. And until I came into the rooms of recovery, that I could find that God. My higher power loved me. And when I got that, I could find recovery. And the promises in the program all of a sudden started to make sense to me. So the very first promise that I got when I came into my my sponsor said to me, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to eat this, and I want you to report this, and this is what I want you to eat, and I don't want you to eat before that, and then here's what I don't want you to eat, and here's what I'm going to let you eat, and I'm going to have you do all of that. And I would have stood on a fire plug singing Christmas carols in Spanish if he'd have told me to do that. I was desperate. So I did what he had to say, and he said, here's what's going to happen. Your blood pressure is going to go down. Your cholesterol is going to go down. Your weight's going to come off. Your, your way of thinking is going to change. Your, um, your headaches are going to disappear. Your craving for sugar and flour are going to disappear. And inside of the thir- first 30 to 60 days, all of that happened to me. Those promises started to come real. See, because I'd spent... Most of my life, uh, in my adult life, um, 
getting bigger and bigger and bigger, where my ankles were talking to me, my back was talking to me, uh, my knees were talking to me, my father's death of diabetes at 57, uh, when he passed away, was talking to me. Um, my, my meniscuses were talking to me. Is that a word, meniscuses? I'm not really sure. So it's a meniscus uh, uh, were talking to me. But none of them would get me in recovery because I was stuck. I was stuck. I was stuck in self-absorption. I was stuck in arrogance. I was stuck in a spiritual condition. And so when those promises first started to happen to me, and my ankle pain started going away, and my back pain started to go away from me, and then all of a sudden my cholesterol went down, and my blood pressure medicine, after 17 years, all of a sudden my blood pressure was so low, I called my doctor. I said, you know, I'm not feeling well today, 17 days into my, my abstinence. I'm not feeling well today. She goes, well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, what's your blood pressure? And it was so dangerously low, had I continued to take my medication, I could have killed myself. She says, well, let's get off the, the blood pressure medicine. I think of the three that you're on. Uh, if it starts to come back up, which I think it will, then we'll take this one medication. We'll see how it goes. And I've not taken any medication since. In fact, they've taken me off of all of my medication. All through the grace of God. My wife doesn't lean over at night anymore to wonder if I'm still breathing. She doesn't listen closely to me to see if I'm still breathing. That's one of the greatest gifts that I've given my wife. You see, my wife is having an affair with another man today, and it's me. And I like him. The promise is in the big book. The promises are a very real thing. I tell people when they first come into the program, I said, first of all, the very first thing that you're going to have to do is that you're going to have to admit then you're going to have to submit. And then you're going to have to accept. Ah, accept. That's a challenge. Huh? Troubled world. Broken human condition. How do we do that? Well, sometimes I just have to tolerate in order to accept. And toleration will ultimately get me there. Because I can tell you that Today, I don't crave sugar and flour, but I do crave emotional sobriety. I crave serenity. I want serenity. I want what it has to offer. I want inner peace. I want to go to bed at night and put my head on the pillow and review my day and say, this I sucked at and this I was very good at. And I want to be able to be able to do that every day so that I can wake up tomorrow and do it again. Groundhog Day for Daryl. I love this program. I love, I, and I hated it. I came into this and I said, no sugar, no flour. That's crazy talk. That's not going to work. You people are crazy. And I didn't like you. I thought you were strange people. Today I know you're strange people because I'm one of you and blessed to be one. Blessed to be in a room full of recovery. Blessed to be with people. Drove up here today with a man that was in the program when I first came in. A man that blessed me with his recovery when I first came in. And we talked recovery almost all the way up and I thought, God. You know, great to have physical recovery, great to have, uh, you know, when I'm hungry, it's not the food. 
It's my emotional, spiritual condition. And it's great to be able to talk with somebody like that. And we talked for all the way from the Bay Area up here. Uh, and about uh, 20 minutes outside of Sacramento, uh, we both realized that we both loves us some misery. <laughs> and misery loves us some company. But we were able to talk recovery and be able to talk love and be able to share with one another things that two grown men outside of the rooms of recovery would not discuss. What a blessed opportunity that is. What an incredible program that we get that we can come in. And in, in this particular meeting, have a theme of promises. Promises are big. I know one promise um, that is the covenant between our higher power, the creator of all things, and ourselves, uh, of, of a promise that, that never, ever gets broken. And then we go through life in this broken condition, breaking every promise that we can almost break. We break the promise that, you know, I'm not going to do that again. Today is going to be another day. I am not going to eat that. And an hour later, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, when you start thinking about all of your resolutions, and then on that uh, New Year's Day, you know, make that, and then we've, two hours later. So we're in the broken human condition that we continue to uh, break promises. And then so the covenant of God in between ourselves is that God loves us. And God has a very special place for us. And that promise doesn't get broken. And so Bill is a wise man, a modern-day saint, I believe, says to us on page 83, some very succinct sentences that said that, uh, um, that we will not regret the past or wish to shut the door. No matter how far down the scale we have become, we will find a way that our uh, experiences can benefit others. Those, the, the things that we find baffling, that we will lose fear of people in economic situations. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Lose fear of people in economic situations. That we will suddenly realize what we could not do for ourselves, that a power greater than ourselves could do for us. The things that used to baffle us, we can find a solution in it. See, my sponsor taught me early hey, we find a solution. We find a solution. We figure something out. We do that through a communion and through um, the 11th step. See, sometimes I take that third step. I get on my knees every morning. I do a third step. God, you know, guide me in my recovery. Show me how to live. Relieve me of my difficulties so that I can better serve you. To paraphrase it, well, I got to mix it into the 11th step, too, through my prayer and meditation. I have to understand that there is a knowledge greater than myself, and I want a wisdom of that. I want to understand that. Because I want to do it again. I like this. I like this journey that I'm on, and I want to be able to share it with others. See, I believe very, from the bottom of my heart, that God is a God of health and wellness and wants me well, That's his will, so I can serve others. That's what he wants. He wants me to be able to serve others, and he wants me well to do it. So through a series of events, 
He ultimately led me to the rooms of food addiction, my number one addiction. I was willing. I was open. I was honest. I was able to admit, to submit, to learn how to accept, to even grow to love you. I may not like you, but I love you. And I was able to start finding what I have today. Promises in the big book. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. How much time do I have? Another 30 minutes, possibly? Seven minutes. Well, in that case, you know, if you go on to read um, the bottom of the paragraph on page 84, this is the second part of our, our, our promises. And it says, we have ceased fighting anything and anyone, even food, even food. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in food. Fill in the blank, fill in the blank. If tempted, we will recoil from it like a hot flame. I wanted to get there. I wanted to get there. I wanted to be able to sit down in a restaurant and not care what you eat. I have my scale. I have my food. It goes on my scale. It goes on my plate. And when I'm done, I'm done. I wanted to feel that. I wanted to recoil from it like a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. Ha, ah, normally. My wife eats a cookie, I want the bag. <laughs> and we will find this happening automatically, automatically. I want that. I got uh, 890 some days, okay? It's not automatic. Loved my breakfast this morning, wanted more. We will see that our new attitude toward food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. Ah, that is freedom. That's liberation. It just comes. It's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We'll feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. If we have ever sworn off, instead the problem has been removed. Removed. That's the promise. It will be removed. Does not exist, nor will we either be cocky nor afraid of it. I have a little hard time with that, I can tell you. Um, I have to remind myself that I have to be humble, that, I, that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not special. I'm a food addict. I'm self-absorbed. I'm an arrogant man, and I just want to spend my days serene. So I have to get out of the way. My way got me 355 pounds. Voices of Recovery today. I love uh, when I have the opportunities to uh, speak. Uh, that's it, 10 minutes. So I gained three. Well, yeah, there's only two speakers, so. Oh. So carry on. So, uh, so, so it's working then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
I love when I have the opportunity to uh, to come out and share my experience, strength, and hope with groups. And uh, in the beginning, you know, because of my my uh, spiritual condition was one of arrogance. That when I first got my ninety days, and and uh, and I was uh, started to people started to to ask me to come out. I was a little afraid of that because um, I grew up in the entertainment business and. Um, and uh, that was the dual-edged sword that I grew up with, and uh, and and part of my arrogance was um, was uh, being a little bit too about me. So I was very careful in the beginning to when I would go out and speak. And uh, but but my sponsor said to me, um, "Go where you are asked. Serve when you're asked to serve." And. And, and get out of the way of it. And so I would spend sometimes days and hours thinking about what I was going to speak that night. When I got up and started to speak, it all went from my brain because I would ask a short little prayer and say, God, just put what's on your heart in my lips. And, and let, let that be um, enough. And so I read um, uh, some devotionals every morning. And so on the mornings when I when I um, uh, speak at night at, at the uh, at the meetings, or particularly today, um, this one came up, July 28th, in uh, Voices of Recovery. You may or may not have this book. I like it. Genuine humility brings an end to feeling inadequacy, the self-absorption, the status-seeking. Humility, as we encounter in our OA fellowship, places us exactly where we belong, without directions, <laughs> right where we need to be, on equal footing with our fellow human beings and in harmony with God. In my compulsive eating days, I rarely experienced, experienced humility. I compared myself with others and felt that I didn't measure up, that was, I wasn't good enough. I even confused this low opinion of myself with humility. These feelings led me straight to the food. Working this program, I am learning to accept myself for who I am. I strive daily to let go of comparisons and have become more accepting of myself and others. Accepting. There is that word again, accepting. I find comfort in the belief that my higher powers will for me each day includes being the best person I can be, best of all, the more truly and deeply I believe I am okay, the more happy and serene I feel. See, that's what I, that's what I crave. I want to know that these promises are real. I want to do what it's going to take every day to do it again. I don't want to have my wife say things to me that hurt my feelings and I go through the rest of the day. And, and I've, I've wasted enough days. I want to be a better boss. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better fellow. I want to be the best food addict that I can possibly be. Thank you for letting me come out and share with you guys. I hope we have a great meeting. Thank you. Our next speaker is Trisha from Santa Maria.
I'm Trisha. I'm a food addict from Santa Maria. Um, I was always chasing rainbows. You know, I'd chase this diet, I'd chase that diet, Dillamil, anything else that was in uh, the women's journal or whatever that was. I was chasing it and chasing it, and I would just like, this is the one, this is the one that's going to make it happen. I found it. I found the answer. I found the gold. But then um, every time I was left empty, left empty. And uh, when uh, I didn't read the promises on page uh, 90 of our OA uh, 12 and 12 for a long time, I didn't read the 12th step for a long time because I was stuck on the fourth step for a very long time. And uh, so one day, uh, one of my sponsors says, well, you know, it's, it's the promises. And I'm going, what? What are, what are the promises? And, I go, and she told me, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not really into promises. Uh, my mother, my birth mother, promised to take care of me. And um, she divorced my dad, and she took us away, my brother and I. And then um, she was having trouble driving, and she killed my brother in a wreck. She promised to take care of me. And then um, finally my dad took me, went to custody, and he goes, I'm going to take care of you. Um, So I kind of watched my birth mother uh, because I remember during that wreck, I was about three or four, and I remember the cold bottle of milk during the wreck. I don't remember very much else. But I remember that bottle, and um, I've been chasing that bottle ever since. I, uh, my dad married again and married a woman, and he promised to take care of me, and he didn't. She was an alcoholic and a food addict. And so when I, uh, somebody says they promise something, I don't take that promise very well. I always have an empty bucket because I never believed in the f- promises. Well, my doctor gave me promises, too. He promised He promised if I didn't take my medication, I would be dead. My uncle has the same colon disease I do and asthma. And uh, so I said, I don't have to take that direction. So I didn't take that direction. And for two years, I had to take steroids to get my colon back into remission. And I have to take all of these medications. And I have to follow his directions. And again, if he said to stand on his head after steroids, if you've ever been on steroids, um, that's the one reason why I wouldn't even do marijuana, because they said it makes you want to eat. I go, why would I want that? Uh, so I followed directions, and that was the first time promises were kept. I've been in remission for probably over 10, 10 years in my colon, and part of that was giving up sugar because I'm a borderline diabetic, and um, that sugar just scrapes the inside of my body. And I have 16 years of abstinence from that sugar and that scraping, 
And um, I owe it to OA because promises came true. The promises are coming true. Um, the addictions in my family go back both ways, my dad, my mom. And um, when I learned and my, my sponsors worked with me, I wanted the addiction to stop with me. You know, when you do the, um, the family tree, our family tree was always made out of beer, food, and always had a party. And then the party stopped one day. And I said, this addiction has to stop with me. So my, my sponsor, I had three or four of them, and um, they kept going out. I had my third step sponsor. I remember it took all day. Um, and uh, she was a nun, and she was beautiful, but she went out. So then I had to go find my next sponsor. A person cannot promise me this recovery. So I found a fourth step where I did a fourth and fifth step sponsor. And that took an all day. And she was a businesswoman, and she took off. And then I found another sponsor to do the rest of the steps, um, seven, eight, and nine. And she was a physical therapist. I really enjoyed her. Uh, she, uh, if I always got tense or anything, I, you know, she would give me a massage, and then she'd say, do step six. Then she'd give me a massage, do the, the, you know. So she's really good, but then she went out. And then my last one that I had uh, um, died of recovery. She was in recovery, but she died. So a person cannot promise me to stay sane for this past 16 years. But the promises that I have, also in the big book, um, have come true. Because if you were lying to me, I would come back at you. If you and all my sponsors and all the people that kept saying, it will work if you work it, it will work if you work it, if you do work, if you work it, and I just didn't work it for a long time. And that, but then when I started working, I had gold coming in my life. I have gold today in my life. My daughter sits out in the audience. She's working the 12 steps. It stopped with me. It stopped with me because it is a family disease. My husband is well over 300. He's working the program, and he's already lost 30 pounds. But I've been married to him for 25 years, <laughs> 25 years with the addict. And it's so amazing to see the promises come for him. So some of the gold that I have in the program is the technology I have, the Internet. It's been so amazing, the I don't have an iPhone, but I can have a meeting at any time of the night, the day, information. Um, I can show up. I can put my name in here to be a speaker and be of service. Um, I can find out where a meeting is. I can't use that excuse anymore. If I go in and uh, go to Fresno and they, and they uh, say, oh, I, I, I don't know where a meeting is. Well, then my friend Marilyn gives me a schedule and gives me the phone number of where I can call to get that schedule. Because out in Fresno, in the, in the middle of the farm, we don't get Internet out there. Um, another one is uh, the tools. I love the new tools. And they said it's a promise. 
if I do these tools, it will work. And, um, and they, they have worked. Not one of them have failed. The only one that really failed me was a telephone because I didn't like to use it. But now I do, uh, now I do texting, and it, it seems to work for me. It seems to work for me. And then the plan of action was very critical to me because the most time when I came to this program, I only worried about the first tool of a food plan. But then when I learned about all the other um, promises and tools, then I started working them. Another one that I had is writing. Okay, my husband... uh, he was getting all the answers right on the workbook, our OA workbook. I go, oh, those are really good answers. Where are you getting them? You know, because I was writing. He had my workbook. <laughs> he copied the answers from my workbook. I go, you cannot cheat on this program. Give me my workbook back. <laughs> but When my, my daughter came in, I gave her my first workbook. When I came in and I wrote everything down, you were saying, because the first year I couldn't hear anything and I couldn't remember anything. Uh, I think from the wreck, you know, part of my brain got, the memory got lost. But I would write everything you said down, and I just gave that to my daughter to have and how important I have that for that. So writing has really been important to me because you never know when it's going to be, when it's going to be used. And sometimes I go back and look at, look at that, and I go, man, that's a genius. That was genius thinking there. You know, and then sometimes I look, oh, my God, how could I even be thinking of that? How, how could I even be thinking that, oh, maybe it looked really good to go down these other avenues rather than OA, but no avenue promised or fulfilled the promises as OA has. Another goal I have are my seventh step actions. I uh, memorize the seventh step prayer, and I go, well, this is a prayer, so it's a promise, I'm promising. And then I uh, would um, get all the character assets and defects out, just in case I missed one. There's like 200 here, because I might have missed a defect in myself. And I wanted to make sure if I'm missing it, I would have it. Also, I wanted to know if there was some good defects that I had, because I only thought the only good defect I have was that I'm persistent. And, um, but then when I look at it, I'm not as bad as I once was, and I'm not as good as I'm supposed to be. But I am exactly where I am today. So that was the other gold. Another gold for me is uh, my God box. I, I, my sponsor gave me one. I'm using my, one of my medication boxes. But I put in my fears and things that I haven't. I get to take out of there my daughter because she's in this re- program of recovery, and it, it's a family recovery program. I never thought my husband would do the workbook, even if he copied mine. All right, so uh, living the 12 steps and 12 principles and the traditions. This year, I've been working on one uh, step and principle per month, and I just, every day, I try to put my all of my decisions through that. This month, I'm working on, uh, working on my um, humbleness, humility, and not humiliation. And... Uh, 
So that's what next year what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to take my uh, the traditions and each month take a tradition and really find the treasure in that tradition. I used to not like traditions. I thought, oh, well, you know, that's only if I'm in a meeting. But it's not. It's in all of my relationships. Uh, my ex- action plan. Of course, I am a researcher, and I've researched my action plan, and I have it color-coded, you know, and uh, working on it because I'm forgetful. I forget what my plan was, and I'm out there doing something, and I go, oh, 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 okay. So I'm working on step one. I used to be denial. Now I'm in honesty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to my sponsor. I'm going to uh, stop being dishonest. But most of all, I'm going to just notice, and I'm going to write it down. I notice when I'm dishonest. I notice when, I'm, when a food goes, woo, that, that was fun. I write that down. It was, it's not good for me. My body does not work that way. So the traditions are really a great promise to me. They've never failed me. Again, if they failed me, I'd be up here telling you. I would come to this conference, and I would say to you, this does not work. I haven't had to yet, but I'll let you know. Uh, my step study literature uh, that I like is uh, the 12... The workbook, which you better hide from your family. I love the 12 steps, and especially, please tonight, read 12, step 12. Don't wait till you're like, oh, I'm out there on fourth step for two years, and you never read step 12. Please read that tonight. That's one of my favorites. And uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I've been sober for 11 years because my family, we'd always drink and eat, drink and eat, drink and eat. And... Um, so AA's book has always been helpful to me. And then um, Voices of Recovery has always been. Because at the back of the Voice of Recovery, for me, has an index. So if I have a problem, all I have to do is look at that problem. Like if I have a, a problem complaining, all I have to do is go to page 224, and there's some help for me. Okay? There's some help. There's no excuses. Uh, the next one is a picture of me because I don't want to forget where I've been because I could be size 4, size 24. doesn't matter. Either way. When I came in here and I saw a skinny person, I go, oh, I want that. And they were anorexic. And I'm going, I really want that, though. I told my spouse, I really want that. I want to be an anorexic. That's, that sounds like it's really good. But then when I got to be anorexic, it was not fun. I had to starve. I had to exercise. And it was not fun. It was a goal, but it was not fun. So I want to remember, and right here is my little daughter. I think she was in third grade. And and both pictures are me eating. Those are only two pictures I had me when I was fat. I wouldn't let anyone take pictures of me. So I want to remember where I have been. I've been at the same size for probably about 10 or 15 years. And the last... The last one is I have accumulated, thank you, uh, promises that will come true if I don't stay in the program. If I don't stay in this program, I will be three, four hundred, five hundred, because I'm such an overachiever. I know I would probably be on one of those television shows, I'd be a thousand pounds saying I did it. 
That's, that's how sick I could be. Food tortures, I won't have that. Irritable, uh, hopelessness, discontent. I don't have to have that anymore. I don't have to have depression. I don't have to have humiliation because we wear our addiction. If I was doing pot, you wouldn't probably know because I didn't know and my daughter was and I couldn't tell. But when, when I overeat, you could tell. You can tell my size, like one day I'd come this size, the next day I'd come another size. In my um, closet was size 2 all the way to size, I love how they used to have it, 1X, 2X, 3X. I don't know what they have it now, thank God. But um, And the other promises uh, from the big book and the little book, every single one of them, I have practiced them. They have. If if any of them were wrong, I would tell you right now, because that's the kind of person. I'm a researcher. I researched every diet. I researched every life. I uh, was looking for a lie in this program, and it has never lied to me as long as I worked it. Um, So keep coming back. The last thing I have is, do we have a newcomer here? Any newcomers? Not one newcomer here? Does anybody not have the 12 and 12? Oh, there we go. I'll give it to the timer guy. Because somebody gave me my first one, and I said, what is this? And I, she said, it is gold. It is gold. It is gold. Um, my, uh, and I'll finish up with this. My nephew's coming to see me. He's been in the Air Force. We haven't seen him or heard from him in two years. We took him on a gold, gold tour. I, I took my daughter on all of the missions when she was doing missions, and we did all the gold and everything. So we took him with this, his, and his name is Golden Nugget. And um, tonight, he's like, I don't know, 21, 22. We're going to be spending the day with him, and I'm going to be saying and I'm going to, because when we took that golden trip, I remember I was the first time I was abstinent. And we were, you know, I was going crazy. We got to eat here. We got to do this. We got to eat here. But we did it on a trip, and that's the first time on vacation, 16 years or 17 years ago. And uh, we have pictures of all that. But anyway, I want to thank you for being here for my recovery. Thank you. Okay, our meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Um, We're going to have the speaker release form up here, so please sign that um, as you come up and share. Um, We ask that you limit your share to three minutes and confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today. This session ends at 5.15. Mike, can you let me know when I'm getting close to three minutes, please? Hi, my name is Michael. I'm a compulsive overeater, sugar addict. Um, The OA promises... That was a real trip for me to actually find in the book where they were making very specific promises. 
and I found them really hard to believe. I, I, I came into this program five and a half months ago. February 11th is the day I started the program. February 14th is my first day of abstinence. So I've got a little over five and a half months of abstinence. So far I've lost 65 pounds. That was one of the first promises I made. <laughs> Second promise that I couldn't believe was I would lose fear of people. I was one of those individuals that uh, when the company was having the Christmas party, I would volunteer for extra work so that I wouldn't have to go to the company party. When I came into this program, I was so isolated, I got out of the house maybe twice a month, and that was to go shopping. The only person I saw was the clerk. The book said I would find myself in a new and exciting world. Oh, my gosh, has that been delivered? Every morning, I pray to my higher power, and I ask to be of service, and I ask for him to, or I ask for a life lessons. And it delivers. Every day, somebody comes into my life. A lot of times, people I've never met before, and I end up being of service to them. Um, my fear of finances. I was always worried about finances, especially since I haven't had a job in two years. I've had to go out and get creative on getting the finances together. And I used to worry about it day and night from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. The last couple months, I haven't worried about it. And you know what? The money still keeps coming in. Every time I turn around, there's some sort of unexpected boon that I wasn't even looking for. Uh, it says in the book that I will find myself in a fellowship. Oh, my goodness. That's probably one of the greatest pieces of gold that I've gotten out of this program. Thank you. Um, I make six face-to-face -face meetings a week and three phone meetings a week. I've got people calling me from across the United States to share their day with me and to give me support. I go into meetings and people give me hugs. When I walk in the room, they look up at me and they smile. Now, for some of you, that doesn't make, you know, what, so what? But me, speaking as a person that's always been on the outside looking in because I had these huge walls that I would lock myself behind. That's a miracle in itself. To actually find myself accepted and loved. Before I even learned to love myself. So... Once again, I'm out of time. My name is Michael, Compulsive Overeater. Thank you very much for being part of my recovery, and thank you for allowing me to share. Hi, my name is Nancy. I'm a Compulsive Overeater. I really appreciate what everybody had to say, and I got a lot of inspiration from that. Um, I'd just like to share one of um, the promise that, to, um, for me, um, that uh, I really thought, you know, um, sugar and carbohydrates, um, that's what I'm addicted to. And I really um, perceived that, Life without that would be glum and boring. And how can you go celebrate things without these other these substances? And um, I 
Um, I love the language in the big book. It talks specifically more about alcoholism, but it's the same thing. Shivering denizens of sugar and carbohydrates. You know, um, I really was like that. And I did not, the promise that came for me is that in turning over the sugar and carbohydrates to a power greater than myself, um, I got I'm relieved of that obsession. And to me, that's all, it's a miracle. Something completely that was I just didn't expect. Because thinking about that life without having the fun things and the things that were going to reward me um, look like a big black hole. And what I have found um, over time is that those that fun stuff has been filled more like when I go to have fun now. It's having fun with people. And that space has been filled with people. But... Um, I never really thought of that as being like a promise um, until it was mentioned up here with one of the speakers that, um, you know, it's, it's promised that we will be relieved of that obsession. And a lot of that thought and quiet, the unrest that I have in my mind, when I trust in my higher power, I get that serenity, and that's a promise. And I find that when I'm not happy, it's because I've not turned, I'm not communicating with my higher power, I'm not communicating with other people, and um, when I reconnect that way, and then I like the plan of action, because exercise is a big thing for me. When that, when I let go of that, I'm not happy. So when I add the exercise, the plan of action, which is what my exercise is, my plan of action, connecting to a higher power and connecting to other people, then I find I get my happiness back. And this, this program says, you know, we're not a glum lot, um, we're going to be happy, joyous, and free. Not always maybe as free as we think we want to be or that we should be, but I have a sense of freedom in this program, and that's what I believe the book promises, um, freedom from my obsession and freedom from my mental anguish, which, ooh, thank goodness. So I'm really grateful that I was here, got to listen to the panel, and also to you as well, Michael. Thank you. Hi, I'm Scott, and I'm a food addict. Hi, Scott. I came in here about three and a half years ago weighing 305 pounds. I've lost 150, 155 pounds. I weigh about 150 now. As I like to say, I ain't half the man I used to be. <laughs> I'm twice the man. Because my sponsor promised me not only would this program take off the food, it would change who I was. I was a serial dieter. Okay, I could lose weight, but I could never keep it off. I hit ground, bam, back up again. I spent my life fighting food. I can't remember any time at all when I didn't want food. Marijuana, that didn't make me want to eat. I always wanted to eat. (laughs) Always. Food, you know. I mean, they had to hide food in my house. When I was four years old, I knew what everything smelled or tasted like in the spice cabinet. I would patrol the house for anything. That's just my life experience. I came into this program. I weigh my food. My scale is my shield. It gives me a boundary because I have no boundary. I got to 305 pounds and just a little bit more. So I have a scale now. It tells me exactly what to get, and I don't worry about it. I no longer think about food. I don't think about food 24-7. I can work on me. I can work on changing me, and I was a huge isolator. And I came into these rooms, and, I went, and when I started, I went to six meetings. 
a week, and I started another meeting near my so I could go to seven. Um, why? Because I felt welcome. I, when I walked into those rooms, I knew there was a difference. I knew the magic was in the rooms. I knew the power was in the rooms. And I knew nobody in this room was going to tell me, just eat a little bit less. If I could, I would have. And so this, this rooms and this reco- are my recovery. And I know I've got to stay coming back here to stay sane because I'm insane. I will do anything to access. And it's in these programs that it makes me makes me face these things and work on it. The food was the least of the problem. As Bill says in the big book, food was but a symptom. Now we had to get down to causes and conditions. And that's what I got to do. Why was I such an overeater? Why did I turn to food to fill my void? That's what I'm working on. That's what I use this program for. That's what I come here to get power from you when I am lost and lonely. I can come here and I can feel the welcome. I can feel the power. I can feel from you everything there is. Bill says in the long version of the, in the, long version of the uh, traditions, he says every group ought to be a spiritual entity. A sp- and I believe that every group is a spiritual entity. We are in this room together in all of our spirits, all that, darps, all that deep secret place where we hold our special selves is spilled out and made into a greater entity. And I love you all because without you, I have no recovery. Without you, I am an insane isolator hidden from the world. So thank you. Well, I'll take this opportunity to share. I'm Maya, compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Thanks to both of our speakers. Excellent stuff. And um, I, I just um, recently uh, got about three-quarters of the way through Step 9 with my sponsor. And I was pretty darn amazed because I've heard these promises read in almost at the end of almost every meeting I've been at you know, for almost three years now. And there were some of them I just couldn't grasp. I thought, well, that's, that's great for other people. But my past, I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I just couldn't wrap my mind around ever having that one feel true for me. But you know what? Working these steps and just showing up and being open, willing, and humble enough to trust my higher power to keep guiding me to the next right thing to do, even though... You know, when I first came in and I I looked at the steps, I I heard about them and I I read them and I thought, okay, these sound great, but four and nine, I don't think so. You know, I'll 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 play that those by ear. And sure enough, when I started my ninth step, I was ready to do my ninth step because I'd done all the other steps with my sponsor and gotten to the place where I really, really sincerely wanted to start cleaning up my past and making my life going forward, not about covering up and running from the mistakes I'd made, but facing them straight on. So um, 
I was pretty amazed that once I started making these amends, it kind of gave me um, a lot of momentum to just keep going, keep showing up, keep being the best person that I could be, and to be honest about what I'd done and be sincerely sorry. Um, it was kind of amazing that I just kind of turned a corner with this, and I did hear this, the uh, promises read in a meeting uh, not too long ago, and I really got very emotional feeling like, wow, this is really happening for me, you know? Um, I don't regret my past nor wish to shut the door on it. If I hadn't been the person that I was out there in all the years of wreckage that I was that I was kind of, you know, just blowing through this life, and if you were in my way, oh well, right? Um, I would not have gotten to the place that I got to where I needed to come into this program to get healed and to get help. And then now I've gotten the opportunity to clean up those mistakes and take each one of them and write them down in step eight and discuss them at length with my sponsor and then make a plan of action to go out and do the very best I can to make those, those things right. And the responses I've gotten have been incredible. I've healed so much with, with my relationships. And like many of you, I'm a person that felt like, well, I'm okay on my own. I don't really need you people. I don't even need my family. My kids are great, but, you know, they're going to have their own life. And I'm fine over here with the uh, blinds drawn and my TV and my, my food of choice, right? So please leave me alone. And that, you know, working step nine and all the rest of these steps is really breaking down those barriers, and it's helping me become a part of the human race again and really be able to just show myself who I really am, flawed and all the good things too, and share that with you. So thanks so much for being here. This is a great topic. Thanks. We have some more time, so surely there's more people that uh, have that want to share about the promises. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi Tim. Um, I came into this program uh, very desperate. Um, my wife had just left me. Um, I was over 300 pounds. Um, and an interesting thing happened. Uh, two interesting things happened. Uh, the first interesting thing, which is what I was kind of expecting, I had experiences of 12-step programs in my family, people I knew, um, was that I was able to come in and put the food down and start losing weight. That, that I was expecting. Um, I was hoping, anyway, and it did happen. Um, what I wasn't expecting was two or three weeks later, my wife asked me, what happened to you? And I'm all, well, what do you mean what happened to me? So like, you're, you're different. You're doing different things. You're making different decisions. You're, all these reasons I wanted to leave you aren't true anymore over the span of like two or three weeks. Not that I didn't have a lot of wreckage to clean up. Um, so I think for me, as, as I was hearing people talk, um, I just wanted to come up and share that, that for me, um, there's, there's a part of this that's very important that I need to continue to work on that's about the freedom from the compulsion. Um, and that part I can grab onto and it's very physical and I sort of understand it as my, my, my addiction and you know you can understand it in terms of very black or white, I eat these things, I don't eat those things. I have a very very specific food plan. Um, so freedom from my, my, my addiction, freedom from the compulsion, I understand. Freedom from the insanity, I'm really bad at remembering about. Um, that 
that's just something that, you know, without coming to meetings, without talking to folks, without writing, without doing a bunch of other things, I don't have freedom from that insanity, even if I do have freedom from the food. Um, and as I heard people talking a lot about the promises today, um, you know, those promises are a lot about freedom from the insanity. Um, and uh, so it's been really great for me to hear, and I just wanted to share that. So thanks. I'm Kathleen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Kathleen. And first, I got this wonderful top. I don't know if maybe somebody here turned it in. I bought it at the boutique, so I'm happy for that. Um, but I, I would have to say that my uh, the, the, the fellowship itself and the closeness that I've gotten with the people in OA and doing the steps helped me in a way that I, I don't often hear this, but um, I got the strength to do some forgiveness, and it really made a huge difference to me. So I will tell you uh, just really quickly about my background. I, my, my mother and father, when I was two years old, gave me away to my aunt and uncle who couldn't have children, and my mother was grieving the loss of my brother at the time. So there was a lot of upset in my family. And anyway, I wound up being raised by my aunt and uncle. And really losing my brothers and sisters, not growing up with them, and my own mother and father, although I saw them all the time. And I was able to uh, forgive that abandonment. And I had always I had always been angry. I'd always daydreamed about it. I'd always been sad about it. But I really wasn't able to forgive it. And by doing that, it's just amazing to me how uh, the daydreams of making it better or pretending it was... You know, I was going to solve that someday or something like that, even though I was in my 60s, and I'm still pretending that I'm going to solve my... All of these parents are gone, and I'm still pretending that I'm going to solve that, and somehow forgiving them um, helped me. And there's a lot of, like, I've been in OA now since 2004, and there's a lot of um, what you'd call more... Uh, like, I'm, I'm glad I lost the weight, you know, that kind of stuff. But I feel like I lost, I was carrying suitcases, and I lost that weight, like spiritual weight. And I really had to be safe enough. And it was the true closeness of talking to a sponsor every day and talking to sponsees and hearing how much weight my sponsees had that they were also carrying that made me identify with human beings in a different way and identify with human beings in a way that I sort of felt strong enough to do for the first time. And um, I, I guess it was sort of like a spiritual fitness. And I had gone through working my steps in OA, and I didn't realize until after I completed them that forgiveness is a part of step eight, 
that you don't go on to step nine and ask other people to forgive you until you have forgiven others. And I kind of glossed over that because I had a good reason to. But when I came back to it and it kind of, you know, I was more open to, I guess, the higher power and I had the, the fellowship behind me, um, it's amazing. It was, it's amazing to me. That's for doggone sure. So thank you. I'm Leslie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Um, thank you guys for your shares. Really um, inspirational. Um, the promises. Hmm. Um, as you guys were all speaking, I had this kind of image pop up in my head. Um, you know that I have been very. I have. I feel like I've been broken my whole life. And every day that I'm abstinent, I'm being made whole. And as you guys were speaking, I had this image pop up that um, it's like while I'm, as I'm in program, I get a piece of the Leslie puzzle handed to me by God. And it's dirty and it's muddy. Um, and God says, here, let me clean it up and wash it off. And it becomes a new picture. <laughs> and so every day I'm abstinent, I'm getting a new picture of myself. And that's a promise from God that um, I can be made new and whole again. Um, and also I just want to, I want to claim God's promises. I want to claim the promises here and now that um, uh, when it says, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I have lived my life in regret. The weight I carry in my body is a physical representation of the regret that I have, decisions I've made, depression that um, I fell into after those decisions, and I literally wear them on my body. Um, and I claim here now God's promise for me that I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it and that one day I will be free of that and as I have shed 30 pounds and I have like more to lose um, I claim that I, I, I will let go of that baggage so I just want to claim that here and now thank you I'm Suzanne. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, 
I was just telling somebody that I've been walking around like an idiot all day with a smile on my face just because it's so nice to see all these people here who are here for such a great reason. Um, and promises is a weird thing. I can very much relate to people not keeping their promises to me as a child. And so I hesitate making promises because I feel like if there's any way somehow I don't come through that something really major will come down. And I don't want to be that, but I'm slowly realizing that I need to have a little temperance with it. But um, anyway, and there's also this idea of the promises where, you know, sometimes I don't believe that they're going to come true. Um, but I really feel like I've been shown again and again when something I just did not expect, I didn't believe it, and time and time again I've been shown that it could happen or it could be true. Um, and I had a recent situation with uh, some family. I'm getting married in October, and I have a very interesting family tree that usually requires charts and graphs to be at all understandable. And uh, I found out that some of my parents parental figures were not going to be coming to my wedding. And growing up, there was a lot of really strange stuff around that. And I just always assumed, I always assumed, I figured this is like the law, that when it's my wedding day, everybody has to put their crap aside and come and show up for me on my wedding day. And I just assumed that that was the truth and the reality. And um, I started working on, I'm still in my fourth, fifth, I started working a fourth and fifth step around this stuff, and I'm working on my sixth around it, and I was absolutely stunned that I didn't almost care anymore. I had put so much stock in this idea that this was the truth, and this is how it's going to be, and it's like I found such serenity around it, and I'm not even done, and I have a long way to go, but um, I just feel so grateful. There's so many ways this program shows me that I don't have to know the answer um, for there to be a solution. I don't have the answers. But if I have faith and do my footwork, something really good will come. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that, and I'm so grateful for all of you. Time for maybe one more short share if anybody has a burning desire. Yay. Thank you. My name is Carl. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Carl. And uh, I was sitting here thinking about what promise has really enlightened me and what's really uh, motivated and drove me or gives me the most relief. And um, I will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. Having, you know, having um, come into this program through another program and, and basically have gone through the steps and, and, and had a spiritual awakening as a result of those steps, there was things in my life that I knew were impeding my ability to... Um, have a spiritual experience. If it's anything that's blocked me off from the sunlight of the spirit, um, I've really had to look at. And food was a big issue for me. As I go back and look at my history of my life, and, and, and I can go back and, and tell you that, tell myself that food was my first drug of choice. 
when I was really honest with my innermost self and having had a spiritual experience in that other program, I had to do something about this other thing called food. And I kept dodging it and dodging it and dodging it. And finally, finally, I got it. I got it. You know, it took almost five years for me to get to where I'm at today. I came in and out, running around, and I never elevated my food addiction to the same level as my other addictions. I didn't get it. I wanted the physical, but didn't understand the spiritual. Today, I got it. Thank you. Uh, that's all the time we have for sharing. Um, now it is time to close this session. Let's thank our speakers, uh, Trisha and Daryl, and all who did service at this session. Okay. Um, if you enjoyed this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the tapes and table and order copies of this session or any other session. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD as an or as an electronic download. Um, please now join hands as we close with the OA promise, I put my hand in yours. Oh, I have one more little short announcement before we do the prayer. Um, since this is the last workshop... Um, we need for this room to be empty as soon as possible to start set up for the event tonight. So we invite all of you to continue with your fellowship in the atrium and the pool areas after we close. Beyond our wildest dreams. Keep coming back. It works.